what is up everybody it's saturday you know what that means it's a brand new edition of curveballs and chair shots it's episode 200 yeah we you know we got new music we i mean that's pretty much it we just have new music we're here on a saturday it's new brandon and dominic we're totally new people yeah we're definitely totally new people we're you know evolved dominic may or may not be in trouble in the doghouse so he can't use the laptop so that's why maybe the audio quality isn't the best but you know what it's the episode 200 so instead of you know going forward we're going to be moving backwards and you know going back in time <laughs> and we're going to go back when dominic would have his phone and yep. he's going to be interrupted during the pod i mean he that yes. happens every podcast so it doesn't really matter but uh we're also uh so you know before we get into everything dominic my name is brandon tango my lovely steam co-host Sydney six morning six, you know dominic hops and dominic how you doing today Oh, well, it's a lovely Saturday morning, you know, had a wonderful evening last night, you know, just 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 happy to get this day going on the right foot. Right. Right. Brandon, how are you? I am doing lovely. Absolutely fantastic. And because we're going back in time, we're going to do things we haven't done in quite some time. We're going to talk wrestling first. Don't worry, everybody who, you know, the millions and millions of you out there who just listen to the sports podcast, sport portion of the podcast. It's nine o'clock. I've already had my first stroke, but we are going to talk about probably the biggest story we've ever talked about. We've done 200 episodes. Probably we've talked about this topic 150 times. CM Punk is back in wrestling. Don't worry, guys. I put the timestamps down below if you don't want to listen to this, but I highly encourage you because CM Punk is back. It is a big, big news story. I mean, I'm excited. I know Dominic is excited. I mean, even people that that haven't listened to, that haven't watched wrestling in like 20 years, apparently are are coming back. So Dominic thoughts, it's finally happened. I didn't really want CM Punk to come back. I wanted Phil Brooks to come back, but no, that's just me. You know, I'm I'm a real fan. Oh, you gotta be that guy. Yeah. I'm that guy. I didn't want CM Punk. I wanted Phil Brooks. I wanted the, want to shoot brother but no uh yeah you know it, it i didn't get to watch it live i watched it this morning and i mean it i'm sure how you watched it live i'm pretty sure the goosebumps you felt going up and arm and up and down your arm and legs and your whole body just the chants and the screams and you know witnessing him on that stage and in that ring i'm pretty sure it probably felt pretty good for you huh i mean it was it was amazing i'm not gonna say i'm that dude who was just bawling but it was it was pretty fucking awesome. I don't think I've been that excited, like building up to a wrestling show that I was just going to be watching on TV since like WrestleMania 37 years ago. Ironically, the last time CM Punk was really around, even though he wasn't on the show. But I mean, there was the, the chance, you know, he comes out and he just kind of soaks it up and cult of personalities blaring. And I mean, I. Like over the years when I'm doing the other podcast, we talk about kind of who's our favorite. And I, I've kind of maybe pushed CM Punk to the side. And I've kind of planted my flag that I like Daniel Bryan a little bit more. But I mean, when he came back, maybe it's just because it's been so long, I kind of fell back in love with CM Punk. And I was like, man, I, I don't care if he if he's older. Who knows exactly what he looks like, if he can wrestle again. But I mean, that 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 moment, that was that was that was awesome. And it's I mean, it's kind of hard yeah. to put into words because it's just like, especially like if you're not a wrestling fan and you don't watch it and you don't understand, like, I, I mean, I know people are like clowning the dude who was crying and yeah, it's kind of funny to make fun of someone for that. But I mean, I understand it, especially if someone's from Chicago, maybe that dude has some personal issues and he has like a real big connection to CM Punk. And 
I mean, it, it opens up a, a bunch of different possibilities. It's we've been waiting for this and waiting for this. And I think we've talked about it. And I've always been kind of the pessimistic saying that it was never going to happen. I mean, I said it could happen, but I was more leaning on the fence that it wouldn't happen. But Dominic, it, it finally happened. And I mean, it feels like he's going to be here for a long time. I mean, part part of me is happy. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I CM Punk was, I mean, I, I don't know if everybody liked him when he, was, when he debuted in ECW and then, you know, everything he did. But I literally liked him from the beginning when I first found him. I found him like right at the tail end of his Ring of Honor career going into WWE. So, I mean, I, I've been a huge fan when he left and just kind of like you kind of just, you know, after the years and years went by, it's kind of like, okay, whatever I'm over it. He's not coming back, but he is back. Now the question, I have a quick little question and I I didn't read Mr. X's question. So he might've asked it. I don't know, but do you think WWE is down for now that a W landed CM Punk? What was WWE is what? Because they signed punk. No. Do you think WWE is kind of just, done defeated now that aw has landed cm punk i don't know if i'd say they're done i mean i don't like the product whatsoever i mean we're we're gonna talk SummerSlam a little bit but i haven't watched raw or smackdown this week i probably won't but it was definitely like the okay shit's going down it's about to pick up and i love i mean I don't know if we're going to actually talk about the actual segment, but I, I love CM Punk's promo. It was a fantastic promo. He he talked shit to WWE, but he didn't actually like he didn't name drop them. He I mean, he's saying, you know, coy things. And if you know, you know, saying that he left professional wrestling in 2005 and he left Ring of Honor and now he's back in professional wrestling in 2021. And, you know, he was he was somewhere else in a quote unquote professional wrestling promotion for a little bit. But I mean, this is like. We 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 love AEW. They've been doing great work over the past two years, but now that Punk is back, and we're seeing like my entire timeline, which is basically sports and wrestling, was just completely flooded with that. We see ESPN, Bleacher Report, you know, other other like outlets who normal. I mean, they'll talk about wrestling, but they're not gonna. And it got like big big numbers, like forty thousand likes and all these other things. And I'm really intrigued to see what the number does. They they kicked off the show with it, so and the and it was like a twenty minute segment, so obviously anticipation word's going to spread that he's back, and I'm really intrigued to see what that number does. But I'm not, I don't want to say WWE's done because they're such a big promotion, but I mean, it, it's going down, Dominic. It, it's happening. I mean, it's going to take a lot for them to bounce back. I mean, they didn't get well. I was kind of. You know, I was hoping Punk was going to go back to WWE just because it would be fucking hilarious that everybody was speculating AEW would be funny for him to come back to WWE. But, I mean, so they don't got Punk. I'm Everybody's pretty, you know, pretty positive that Brian's not coming back to WWE, going to AEW. So my thing is, it's like, you're just going to have a whole nostalgia act. You just bring back Rock and all these other fucking stars. I mean, yeah, that helps. But for how long? You know, and they have to I be- mean, we've been saying this for like five years, like since Punk like was was gone, gone. like yeah they're not building any new stars and it's like they don't have people i mean i love seth rollins and kevin owens and Sami Zayn and matt riddle and yada yada, but they, yada. Need, they need to start pushing them you need to start developing them you need to start doing all these things to help their character and they're not they're relying on cena orton um you know 
yeah, like, like you said, Seth Rollins is big, a big name since pretty much he broke off from the Shield, Roman. But, you know, Cesaro, for instance, gets pushed and then just gets fucking dog shit for four years. Gets a small little push and then gets dog shit. For, it's like, how much longer until he leaves, you know? Um, and then you go to, you look at NXT and they're building all these characters. But like now it's speculated Adam Cole's not going to come up. He's going to go somewhere else. So it's kind of just like, it, it, it's sad that the possibilities of, all these bright young stars are just going to dwindle and fade away. And then what's WWE left with nothing. And I mean, like two years ago, I mean, even before the pandemic, we were like, Oh, WWE has such a loaded roster. They have NXT and WWE and NXT UK and evolve and blah, 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 blah. Now they're doing all these roster cuts. And we're talking about how they're wanting to get out with the, with the, with who they have now and bring in like younger, bigger guys. And we look at AEW. AEW has a loaded roster, a lot better than what I thought they would have, especially during a pandemic when we can't exactly have a fledgling indie scene to know all the great up and coming talent. And I mean, WWE still has a a fantastic roster, but it's like what you said, they've just belittled them in 50, 50 booking for so long that it's kind of hard to get invested and push those people at a top, top level. And and AEW, they've done a fantastic job now. I've, you know, little minor quibbles here and there, but they've been, Overall, I think doing fantastically and, you know, the backstage, you know, vibe and CM Punk even talked about in the media scrum with Tony Khan. It's like, you know, no one's walking on their own dick. They're, they're, you know, just having a good time. And this is how a business, how a company, how wrestling promotion should be. And that's going to hold up in the long term and word will spread and people will be like, okay, you know, I made my money Mm -hmm. in WWE and now I can go to AEW. We can, we can, we can do good business and. Yeah. I, I don't know, you know, five years, five years from now, WWE will still be a thing. Yeah. But I also think AEW will be a thing. And that wasn't a guarantee when we went to double or nothing in 2019. So the one thing I want to touch on before we move on to the sports segment, um, something that stands out in my mind, I don't know if, if it stands out in yours was hall of fame. I think 2019 when they inducted DX and everybody was chanting AEW for Billy Gunn. And then Triple H was like, oh, he'll buy that pissant company just to fire you again. Do you, I honestly think that lit a fire and he's going to have to eat those words because I think AEW is going to be around for a long time. I don't see, I don't see anything changing. And I think Triple H is really regretting those words. Well, I mean, even from the beginning, they always downplayed it. They're like, oh, it's not competition. And I mean, I still believe that they, that they believe that. And I don't know what they define as competition. Like, it's not WCW. They're not going to put WWE out of business, but the Khan family is richer than the McMahon family. And I think a lot of people kind of don't understand that. I don't realize that. And they, they could, they, I mean, they own the Jaguars. They own like premier league team. They, you know, own a shit ton of stuff. So, and we are seeing it like they're throwing money at a bunch of people. They're buying the rights to big time songs. like cult the personality and wild thing and the jungle boy song. And, if they get uh, the final countdown for Brian Danielson, that would be amazing. But um, reeling it all back, let's let's actually talk about the actual segment. I know I kind of talked about the promo itself. He challenges Darby Allen in you know the big picture. It doesn't make too much sense. Like how did Darby know about talking the best in the world? Yada yada yada. But who gives a shit? CM Punk's back and he's going to wrestle it all out in Chicago or Hoffman Estates, not actually close to Chicago. But it, who cares? Dominic, your thoughts on the actual segment, the promo, you know, challenging Darby. I don't know exactly what you've seen of the segment itself, but just kind of thoughts on the actual meat of it. 
I mean, so I did see most of it. Um, I think I might've skipped like tiny little parts. Cause it was just kind of like him, like chanting for the, you know, get pep, uh, pandering to the crowd or whatever. But, um, but no, I mean, I kind of actually really enjoyed the fact when, you know, he called out Darby and, you know, basically, you know, challenged him and all that kind of stuff. But it was the, the way Darby was looking down at him. He had that like smirk and grimace. It, I, I, it kind of gave me that vibe of like, is it, is Darby kind of trying to turn a little heelish? Cause he's kind of like downplaying that like punk is that bad. And, which I know Darby most likely look like a lot of other people probably would never go heel, but he kind of gave me that vibe of like, I'm, he's downplaying him and I kind of really enjoyed the, his face paint was pretty badass. Too, but, um, I enjoyed that, that vibe I was getting with punk, just pretty much saying like, you know, you've done stupid shit, but nothing stupider than facing me. I'll see you at all out. I mean, you can't, you can't get any better than that. It was kind of short, sweet to the point, And sometimes that's the best kind of promo. Yeah. I mean, Darby is, um, I'm a, I'm a- I, I like the matchup. I mean, he's smaller. He can create a lot of movement. We don't know what CM Punk will look like, both physically and just in, in ring wise, what exactly he can still do. So, and Darby's one of the guys that I, CM Punk's probably, he's, he's probably going to win, but Darby can, can afford to take a loss. And he's done that kind of earlier in his AEW run where he was having those big time matches, but kept, kept losing. And now he's kind of bounced back and he's kind of winning a lot more matches than he's losing. And so now, um, I'm, I'm excited to see exactly what he what he can do when Punk is back. And after this, I don't know if it's just a one-off, which it probably will be, but there's just so many possibilities that Punk opens up, whether he is a face and maybe down the line if he's a heel, but I just don't know if that can ever really happen. And I mean, you can just name rattle off names. The one that kind of jumps out to my mind, maybe not the match, but just the promos would be John Moxley and CM Punk. Like, yeah, they work together in WWE, but being able to have their personalities in the AEW environment as a guy who likes more promos than wrestling. I, I really just want to see that happen, especially like when mock, we'll talk about dynamite mm-hmm. later, but when Moxley just is talking shit to everybody, yeah. he can throw those arrows at CM Punk and CM Punk and give him right back. I mean, that gets my dick hard. That for me, that would be one. The other one and which, I mean, if we're talking a wrestling match would be Malachi black, just because I feel like their styles match up kind of evenly. I mean, both kickboxing and all that kind of Muay Thai bullshit, whatever it was, you know, I think that would be a great matchup too. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of different possibilities that we can speculate into the future, future, future uh, episodes. But, you know, just so that, just so that one person doesn't get a little upset that we're talking about wrestling, let's get into sports. I guess let's, let's reel it on back. Yes. We're going to pivot back to sports. So uh, we're back. Welcome to the to the millions and millions, but everybody, we don't know everyone listened to the entire podcast. No one just listens to half of it. But yes, we still got the MLB standings to talk about. We're going to start off over in the AL East. The Tampa Bay Rays are 75 and 48. They are atop that division. They hold a four-game lead over the New York Yankees. They have won eight straight. They are absolutely on fire. The Boston Red Sox, they are down... Uh, five and a half back of the Rays, a uh, half game back of the Oakland A's for that second wild card spot. But I mean, the Yankees, whew, they're, they're finally kind of living up to the hype. The Gallo Rizzo trades re- have really paid off. Luke Voigt, who's kind of the odd man out, he had an absolute banger of a game yesterday. Are, are you scared, Dominic? The Yankees are finally kind of 
kind of put getting their shit together. I mean, scared, no, but happy, yes. I mean, I think Yankee fans have been waiting for this to happen all season long, and it's finally happening. Better late than never. Um, you know, I I still think we're cursed about saying if you know a team's in first and we're locking them in. I, so I'm not going to say anything about the Rays. I'm not going to say anything about the Yankees. I'm just going to watch baseball and be happy. Yeah, we're definitely not going to talk about the fact that when Mr. S asked the question, I said, oh, yeah, the uh, the the Toronto Blue Jays, that they're going back to Toronto at the Rogers Center. They're the team to watch out for. Uh, well, they're ten and a half games back of the, the Rays or five and a half back of the A's for the second spot. They've lost uh, seven of the last three. They've lost seven of the last ten and their last three. So uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You should be. Chris Sale is back with the Red Sox. He's uh, pitched two games, pitched absolutely lovely. And I think especially since they didn't do any trades, this is kind of a pseudo trade. And I think this is kind of the shot in the arm. And I mean, the Yankees are playing so well, they, they could come crashing down with the month left. But that uh, wild card spot is definitely getting very crowded at the moment, especially if the Rays kind of hold their lead and kind of keep their distance away from the other two teams. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, especially the wild card. I think that that's pretty much what a lot of teams are, are looking at right now. They're probably thinking, you know, Hey, let's just get into the wild card, see what happens. And that's, you know, for A's fans, that's pretty much their bread and butter right now. It's locking into that, that wild card spot. So hate to see it. Then over in the American Lake Central, same shit, different day. The Chicago White Sox, 72 and 51, holding an 11 and a half game lead over the Cleveland Indians. Uh, shout out Tristan McKenzie had a perfect game going through eight or going into the eighth inning. Uh, that's, that's pretty much everything that, that's going on in the Central uh, besides that. I mean, uh, the Detroit Lions or Detroit Lions, Detroit Tigers uh, commentator, pitcher Jack Morris. He uh, did his best Dominic slash Oscar impersonation. And now he's been fired or at least suspended indefinitely. So uh, there you go, Dominic. That's why we don't do hey. that. That's why we don't do the Oscar uh, accent anymore. I mean, okay. Never mind. I'm not, not even going to say anything about that. It was just, you know, actually, no, fuck it. I will say it. at least I'm still here. I have a job. Fuck yeah. you. There you, and until someone finds about finds out about your yeah until until at&t goes oh you have a podcast let's let's listen to the very first episode all 200 episodes and then they go damn you said some fucked up things and you're stupid about sports get the fuck out of here uh then moving on down to the al west we got the houston astros 72 and 50 they hold a two and a half game lead over the oakland a's who are 7 and 53 the a's hold that second wild card spot both teams uh, have won their last two, but overall, since last time we spoke, they've been kind of on the struggle bus. So, uh, but I mean, both teams not playing well. We've talked about the A's being a very streaky team. Astros kind of in the same boat. And as an A's fan, you know, that that second wild card spot is getting crowded with those East teams. Obviously, I'll take a wild card spot, but I, I think you got to kind of take care of business. I don't know exactly how many more games they have left with the Astros, but I think you got to really eye that West just to kind of, you know, make sure you actually get in and don't got to worry about too many other teams. Yeah. And, you know, for the past, what I would say four to six years, I think the A's have been really good at coming down to the, to the wire about either a winning the West or two getting a wild card spot. So um, I agree with you. They, they need to get that West because, you know, their luck with wild card games, ain't very good. And um, you know, like you said, it's getting crowded. And I'm I'm more afraid of them losing out of a wild card 
than them beginning into the West. So they, they, they need to turn the shit up. And they, and they have a, a rough schedule up ahead. I mean, even within the past week, they face the Indians, <clears throat> the Rangers, the White Sox, and now they're playing against the, um, the Giants. And so, I mean, I think uh, frenemies, they uh, did something where they kind of went over how many games are like winnable or like, you know, locks against like shitty teams. And the A's only have like six of those games compared to like the Phillies who have like 24. So that just kind of shows you how tough of a, a schedule they have up ahead. But that also means that they probably play the Astros a lot. And that opens up the uh, possibility to to be able to leapfrog them. And, you know, they're a streaky team, as we said, and hopefully they can they can you know, get on this losing streak or end the losing streak because they won yesterday against the Giants and they can uh, get on a nice, however long it is, month and I guess two months because you don't want to not be streaking in October. Uh, Seattle, four or six and a half back of the uh, rain or Astros, slow it down, four games back of the A's. Still kind of creeping around there, but I think with, uh, you know, the, the East teams are probably going to be uh, phased out. Uh, the Angels, they're there, and so are the Rangers. Uh, Shohei Otani continuing to doing Shohei Otani things. Uh, I mean, it's kind of a stupid question, right, Dominic? But uh, Shohei's a lock as the MVP. I mean, I mean, he's he got my vote, so. And we definitely have a vote on this podcast. We're I part mean, of the Baseball Writers Association of America. I mean, we are. Yes, we are. I mean, I am. I'm about you. I'm pretty sure you are not me. Hmm. Uh, then over to the NLEs, boy, oh boy, how things have changed. It was kind of all locked in with three different teams, but now the Atlanta Braves, my Atlanta Braves, baby, my NL pennant winners are 66 and 56. They have won their last seven games, nine and one in their last 10, absolutely rolling. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, the teams that we kind of picked as if we were going to pick three of them, we would uh, say that they would be the ones, but no, they're in second place. So we haven't completely cursed them. They're 62 and 64 games back and the Mets who are just whew, seven, three and seven of their last 10. Both of them and the Phillies are three and seven in their last 10. Uh, they've lost their last two. They're playing the Dodgers right now this weekend. So a tough look for them. They're 60 and 62. So below 500. Still in striking distance, kind of with six games, six games. But uh, their owner, Stevie Cohen, went on Twitter and was like, How can professional hitters be this terrible? I mean, he ain't wrong, as old Shane Helms would say, but uh, not a good look for the owner to be blasting the team on Twitter like this. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know about you, but you know, if, if my owner slash if it's a manager, supervisor, whoever, if they're not believing you and they're talking shit, it makes me not want to work. It makes me not want to try. So I can only imagine if these guys who are trying their hardest to, to play at their top level and they're getting dog shit from the owner. Yeah, maybe I take a few extra pitches and strike out. Maybe I don't fucking try to hit that home run. Maybe, you know, it's like, you know, you got to watch what you're saying nowadays. I mean, I don't think they're going to be dogging it like that because if you're dogging it, that will cost you money. And ultimately, that's that's why they play the game. It's for the the, the yes. chicken titties. But, <laughs> yes, but then it also comes down to, you know, morale. If my morale is down and my owner can't even be like, hey, you guys, keep, at least, you know, you don't need to be happy. Just be like, hey, man, just do your best. That's all I need to be like, all right, you know, at least, at least you know, he knows we're trying. But you're going to come at me and just fucking say, like, you suck? That's bullshit. Then the National League Central, the Milwaukee Brewers have a, a firm grasp on that lead, 74 and 49, holding a seven and a half game lead over Mr. X and my Cincinnati Reds. But 
at 67 and 57, Dominic, the Reds, as we stand today on August 21st, year of our Lord, 2021, the Cincinnati Reds are tied for the second wild card spot with the Padres. I mean, I know we kind of written them off, but Reds, Joey Votto still bangs. Shout out Joey Votto, 2005 the other day. And the Padres kind of fallen off a little bit. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to go to them. Two and eight of their last 10. They've lost the last four. Both of them are 67 and 57. So just a dead lock. The Padres have to play in the NL West while the Reds have to play in the NL Central, a considerably weaker division. Are the Reds going to squeak this one out? I don't want to say anything because I don't want to jinx it because I know Mr. X will probably, you know, cast a spell on us, but it's very doable. I think the Reds are kind of, you know, clicking right now. I I just don't want to say anything because I really don't want to jinx anything. I would feel bad if they had a chance and, you know, they don't get in or something like that. So um, it's doable, very doable. You just got to keep playing how you're playing. Just got to believe in yourself, guys. The uh, St. Louis Cardinals, they're still hanging around three and a half back of the Reds and the Padres for that second wild card spot. They've uh, done seven of the three of their last 10. So, you know, they're doing they're doing all right. Uh, the Cubbies, poor Cubbies, uh, 54 and 70 and the P- uh, Pirates, 43 and 79, 23 games back. Then moving over to the NL West, the San Francisco a Giants, 78 and 44, holding Firmly, well, not firmly, on the NL West. They uh, only have a game and a half lead over the Dodgers, 77 and 46. They have a 10 and a half game lead over the second wild card. So obviously, Dodgers and Giants locked in to make the playoffs at the moment, but the Dodgers are playing well. They've won their last eight games and still not enough to overtake the Giants who've lost their last two. So it just kind of shows what the Giants have done. And being able to hold out the Dodgers, and the Dodgers are hitting their stride, probably playing their best baseball thus far. But still, I would say they haven't played their best baseball that they could because Bellinger and Mookie haven't exactly been Bellinger and Mookie thus far, which is scary. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes some people come alive during the playoffs. So if you're playing the Dodgers, it's going to be a scary, scary team to play. Um, Giants, you know, I'm, I'm going to say they, they do the A's as we saw last night, the A's one, you can't, you can't count the A's out. So the giants need to keep playing the baseball they've been playing and don't count anything as an easy win or, Oh, you know, if we only take one out of the three or whatever, like you, you just got to play hard every day, every game, because those Dodgers are right there. They're nipping at the heels. What are you talking about? They're playing in the Bay bridge series, the most prestigious trophy. Because it's not just a hunk of metal. It's a hunk of Bay Bridge steel. It's the most prestigious trophy in baseball. Of course they're playing hard against the A's, Dominic. Fuck Dallas. He's a bitch. I mean, I wasn't going after Dallas. I was just stating facts. I'm going after him, though. I'm calling that motherfucker but out. We're going to be, I mean, be the next Barstool boxing match. He, lo- he lost his bet. He wore the Giants jersey. You know, he's a man of integrity. But then the A's are going to sweep the Giants this week. And then they're going to get the trophy back. Or... But yeah, because they have the trophy. So boom. I mean, you, you just jinxed them. Good job. I'm sorry. Uh, the Padres, as we said, tied with the Reds for that second wild card spot. We didn't talk too much about the Padres themselves. Uh, Tatis getting moved over to right field. Not uh, not the best of look for for my Padres. I mean, my Padres and my Reds, they're uh, doing mm. battle. So I'm just a divorced kid watching the parents fight. I hate oh. it. Mm. 
<sighs> you know, I've seen that one before, you know. Yeah, you used to, huh? But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm more higher on the Reds at the exact moment. But I think overall, I still like the Padres to they figure their shit out to be better. Yeah. But as I said, you know, they're playing in the West. They got to face the Dodgers and the, the Giants and the 49ers. They, they play the 49ers. I don't think they do. It's possible. But, uh, and yeah, they got to play the Rams, and the 49ers more when the Reds, you know, they got the. Come on, Rams. you got they, this. They're, they're, I was I was going to say, you know, the football teams for the other ones. But then I was like, oh, wait a minute. St. Louis, that's the Rams. Poor St. Louis. Sorry to all our millions and millions of St. Louis fans out there. But um, yeah. We're just going to have to wait and see as the old cliche goes. Then moving on over to the actual NFL, Dominic, we are two weeks away. If you uh, do partake in the fantasy football, which Dominic, I definitely do because our fantasy football draft is next Sunday, Dominic. Are you ready? No, I'm not ready. Damn, hate to see it. But yes, uh, points and doings did drop. If you uh, pay attention to the podcast feed, it uh it's not dropping, not dropping next week, but we will come back in a few weeks, the uh, week before, because we are two weeks away or three weeks away from football. So we got some news to talk about, and we will do our uh, extravaganza NFL preview in two weeks. And it's also that all-out weekend in your boys in Chicago. So that's going to be a, a big, big show coming up, episode 202. So stay tuned for that one. But Dak, he apparently is not going to be playing during the preseason uh, shoulder doesn't seem like it's going to be too big of an issue, but obviously, you know, precautions, they're kind of shutting him down for the preseason, watching hard knocks, you know, throwing, he's on a throwing program. I do kind of wonder, you know, not just trying to get him out there for a couple reps in the preseason, just to kind of, you know, get his feet wet. Don't want to throw his, you know, throw him into the fire. It is a long season, 17 games now, but I do wonder, you know, especially in that division where it's kind of all, muddled and everyone's kind of at the same level you don't want to be throwing away those first couple games because Dak is a little rusty I mean he's not rusty they should just bench his ass right yeah Ben DiNucci for Dallas Cowboys starter I mean I think it's fair you know it you know if you're not playing at a high caliber the first game or two you bench him for a little bit let him let him you know maybe get some garbage time you can throw him out there get him you know acclimated but I think this is a make or break season for Dallas and Dak needs to really fucking get his, you know, I know it's hard coming back from an injury, but if Dallas has a shot, it's this year and they really need to fucking step their game up. So you're telling me you're not drafting Dak Prescott if he falls to you in the CTE league. I mean, it depends where I, you know, what round I go, you know, if I'm like top three, no, but if I'm tail end, maybe just because I, I would need the points. I don't even know what that means, but we're going to move on. Jamal Adams, safety for the Seattle Seahawks. He signed a, a big, big extension. Four years, $70 million. The uh, the, the Seahawks, I, I, I mean, the West, as the NFC East is kind of all muddled because everyone's trash. The NFC West is all muddled because everyone's good. And I like the Seahawks this year. They're going to let Russ Cook and DK Metcalf, is, I think, going to take another step up and be even better than when he has been in his last couple of seasons. So. The defense over there in Seattle is the big, big question mark. Not saying they're Dallas bad, but, um, you know, it's not Legion of Boom. And I think Jamal Adams, yeah, he might be a tad bit overpaid and a little bit overrated, but just getting the body, just locking that position down, I think is a big move for the, the Seahawks. Yeah, and I think that's – I'm not saying that was a big key for them last season, but, you know, definitely 
one of their, you know, how do you say, one of their Achilles heels was their defense. Um, I think this is a good signing. And, you know, I, I still think they're that one, they're still one key element away. I don't know what it is, but they're one key element away from being a very unstoppable team. Then finally, Larry Fitzgerald, legendary wide receiver with the Arizona Cardinals. I did not even realize that he's not even with the team anymore. I just kind of assumed he's always with the team because he's always an Arizona Cardinal. But no, he is a free agent. He did an interview and he kind of said that he just doesn't have the passion for it. So he doesn't know what the future holds. But right now, if this is the end, it's the end. And if if it isn't, then, you know, so be it. But uh, your thoughts on Larry Fitzgerald? We haven't really, we don't really talk about him all that much, but kind of an overlooked, oh, I think underappreciated guy in the NFL, especially playing in Arizona. Yeah, they had that one Super Bowl, but, uh, you know, or I guess two Super Bowls. Yeah, he played with the, uh, the first one against the Steelers. But um, yeah, I mean, just kind of, I mean, he's, he's older, so it does suck. And he's older, but he, you know, being one of those guys that stayed with the team for so long, I mean, it, it, it's, he, he's reliable. You know, and, and this day and age, you need somebody who you can rely on. I mean, for me, he was Crabtree on the Raiders. You know, you can throw him in there. He can make that play that you need. Um, you know, I, if he doesn't have the passion, he doesn't have the passion for it. But you never know. Maybe there's a silver lining somewhere and he can sign with a contending team for one season and see what happens. You know, and that's what I think, uh, you know, he might do. But I think if, if I was him, end it with the Cardinals and just call it a career. Um, because Larry Fitzgerald, a Hall of Famer. Uh, for the for Arizona, yes. NFL, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna say no. I kind of thought that was a no burner. I would say yes. I mean, I think he's fantastic. He's been good for so long. Yeah, he might not be the flashiest, but he's just been a constant force and. Yeah, but then you, I mean, I but, don't have the rankings in front of me, but he was yeah. a fantastic okay. player for like damn near 20 years. He was, but I mean, I mean, I, I, think, I, I, we, I mean, we're kind of remembering more like the last five years, but I mean, him in like the 2000s was like well, one of I, the best I, receivers in the league, but he just gets I'm overshadowed fine. because Randy Moss was there and Calvin Johnson was there. And so he exactly he, he's always like, you know, the second, third guy, but he's always in that. He was always like in that top five. Yeah, but then, you know, behind other about- Hall of Famers we talk about it all the time is the hall of famers usually most of the time, aren't they super bowl champions and stuff like that. And, you know, like they have, you know, they have a resume, you know, they've won rookie of the year, you know, all this other accolades and shit like that. That's it. I thought you were going to go on a little, a little more tangent. Well, no, I mean, it's just like, you know, I'm not taking anything away from him. He was a damn good player. But I feel like, I you know, don't get me wrong. I, I want to say yes, but I feel like he'll be overlooked because there's somebody else who won a Super Bowl or won this or won that or won that. I don't I don't think he'll make it just because he doesn't have certain accolades to his name. So Larry Fitzgerald is a Walter Payton man of the year in 2016. So shout out. He's a good brother. Uh, first team all pro 2008. He's an 11-time pro bowler, two-time receptions leader, two-time receiving touchdowns leader. He's a part of the NFL All Decades team of 2010. He's a part of the NFL 100th anniversary team and uh, some several other college awards. He has 1,432 receptions, 17,492 yards, 
Uh, he's averaged 12.2 yards a reception. He has 121 receiving touchdowns. And to me, that's damn good and that's deserving. But like I said, I still think like he's in the hall of very good, according to Dominic. I, no, I think he's Hall of Fame caliber, but I just think they're going to overlook all of that. They're going to be like, but how many Super Bowls have you won? Like Count the rings, bro. Well, it's kind of, it was the same thing we talked about uh, Edelman, right? I was like, I think he is, and that's because he's won Super Bowls. And I think that will, you know, that's going to catapult him to the top. Not because he's a great player, which he was, you know, he was decent, but it's because he has all those rings. So take a wild guess, Dominic. How many receiving yards in total does Julian Edelman have? Probably like 12. He's fucking dog shit. So if, hold on. So for reference, Larry Fitzgerald has 17,492. He played from 2004 to 2020, while Edelman played from 2009 to 2020. So what is that? A five-year? Yeah, five-year head start. How many many touchdowns or how many receiving yards do you think he has? I'm no. I hope you're not misunderstanding me. Like I'm not. Saying, no, I know. I know. Okay. I know. But I'm just trying okay. to. You know, you're, you're, when you said you know Edelman when you first thought was a Hall of Famer, I'm just trying to get you know you to understand you know the difference exactly what he is. Oh yeah, no, I, I know Edelman probably only had like fucking you know nine thousand yards or something like that because he wasn't the he wasn't the the key player. But we're looking you know, for six thousand eight hundred twenty-two. Yeah, you know, but. I still feel like someone's oh, going to look three times Super Bowl champion, baby. Count the rings. And I think that's what's going to come down to it is everybody's just going to be cockeyed. Well, you know, he hasn't won a Super Bowl. It's like, and this guy's won three. It's like, yeah, but he was maybe only a key player in one of those play in one of those Super Bowls. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it's going to come down to some stupid shit like that. And they're going to overlook somebody with the great career like Fitzgerald. You know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? I understand what you're saying, Scotty P. Hopefully, when we're still doing this podcast in five years and we're doing episode 500, we can talk about Larry Fitzgerald getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. So that is it with the sports. We are going to go over to the fan mail segment, otherwise known as. Well, you know, I was thinking episode 200. Maybe you should maybe you should do the uh, the intro. Ooh, I can do the intro, but this isn't going to be like a, a weekly thing. It's just a one time. You know, I, I, I just want to hear your shitty acapella. That's all I really want to hear. <clears throat> okay, so, you know, we're done with the sports segment. Now we're going to go to the fan mail segment, otherwise known as you have to interrupt me, Dominic. <clears throat> Mr. X's questions of the week. And friends. Bum, bum. <laughs> there we go. Dominic, we have been told that, you're, that we're supposed to be getting a text message anytime now because mommy, your mommy, is going to the farmer's market or something. Uh, do we have an update? Farmer's market as in Lucky's, but, you know, okay. Um, you know what? Kayfabe. Sorry, sorry. We eat only organic foods here. We're exactly. healthy. Um, no, not not here yet. So let's uh let's jump right into it while we have I'm I'm literally standing up looking outside just waiting. You don't never know. Uh wow. Oh You're my like- god. Just, just breaking news, Brandon. Mr. X what? emailed us twice. He sent oh one yesterday. Oh my goodness. And he sent one in at 8:56. And guess what? He even sent in a dm so i can read the dm real quick it's not exactly a question it's more of a a statement he just wanted to say congrats on the 200th episode thank you mr x he already sent in questions through the email apparently sent in two questions and he also wanted to uh, show the listeners how easy it is to connect to the show through instagram because you know we're so easy you know i i may or may not have responded 15 minutes later but we still (laughs) responded god damn it so 
yes, if you want to send in something via Instagram and or Twitter, curveballs and CS, we post something every Friday or Saturday if we're doing it. So I would just slide into the DMs. So it's just, well, you know, he also liked our tweet, you know, because he's, he, he's trying to spread the love. He's, you know, he you know, probably the biggest fan, you know. And if, if I can be serious for a moment, you know, I do yes. appreciate Mr. X, you know. We're just a small, tiny little podcast, and he does have quite a quite a little following over there. So you know, I yeah. do appreciate that he plugs us and yeah, no, hundred percent things. Real one, he's the real one. But now, now I have a dilemma. Which one do I read first, Brandon? The the August twentieth one or the August twenty first one? I don't know which one to do. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm gonna go, assume I'm gonna the twenty first one has to do with CM Punk. Pretty much. So let's let, let, let's do the let's do one order. Do the first one and then the second one. Yeah. Sure. Why not, Dominic? Okay. Okay. It's not too bad. Not too bad. Okay. So, <clears throat> Mister X wants to greet us with a hope all is well. Very nice guy, right? Doing fantastic right now. So he says, "Congrats to one Joseph Daniel Votto for his two thousandth hit." He's been setting records all season, and it's amazing to see him develop into a player. He is now since, oh, he is now since he joined the Reds in 2007. Is he Hall of Fame bound? Hashtag Votto still bangs. So we already talked about the, how he's been playing lately, but pretty good question. Is he a Hall of Famer, Brandon? Joey Votto still does a bang now. I mean, we just had this fucking Hall of Fame discussion with Larry Fitzgerald. I don't even know. I feel like we've done this before. Or we've done that maybe with somebody else, but let's pull up the old baseball reference. And I mean, the one thing that kind of stands out is he led the league in on-base percentage uh, 2010 to 2018 with a two-year gap in between. Uh, led the league in doubles once, a lot of walks, a lot of on-base OPS. I mean, just kind of jumping out. I mean, he, I don't know. What he's, hold on. What is his, his overall war? Okay. Okay. Twitter or whatever the fuck you are. Baseball reference. You don't want to work. 63.3 career war. Now we don't know exactly what the threshold for is for a hall of famer, but I believe it's like around 60 to 70. So he's right there. So, I mean, Votto, I fuck it. I'll say he's a hall of famer, especially because I think you can compare him to maybe some of the lower level guys and say they're, you know, he's better than them. So I would say he's definitely maybe not a lock, maybe not first ballot, but I think he's, he's, Especially if he stays around, because what is he? He is he's thirty seven, so he's a little up there. But he's still, I mean, he still bangs even at thirty seven years old. So maybe he plays until his forties, and he's still doing the damn thing. He's definitely getting in. I think as long as he plays at high level, I I will give it to him. Like you said, maybe not first ballot, but you know, definitely. I I, I wouldn't say not not a lock for first, but I would definitely give him a lock somewhere. In the Hall of Fame somewhere, I'll give it to him. He's going to be 38 on September 10th, so happy early oh. birthday to Mr. Uh, Mr. Vato. You know, if you listen, Joey, you know, hit us up. But anyways, on to the next one. With how well the Bengals played against the Bucks last week, is it a good sign of things to come this season, or should we just wait and see before we get all get our hopes up? I mean, that's kind of our slogan: "Gotta wait and see." So I'm going with wait and see. But Brandon, I mean. You know, you, you, you know, points in doinks. Maybe you guys covered something. I don't know. No, we don't, we don't cover preseason football. It is, it's preseason football. Settle your tea kettle. But, you know, Joe, we did talk about on points and doinks where 
you know, Joe Burrow has kind of come out and said that he wants to, you know, get into like actual game action. He wants to get hit because he is a little skittish with that leg. And that, I mean, we talked about that, like the physical aspect of things, I think he'll be fine. It's just that mental aspect of what he's going to be like in the pocket, especially with that shitty offensive line. Like, yeah, you got Jamar Chase, but I still believe they should have got a uh, Sewell or one of the linemen to protect your, your franchise guy. And they didn't do that. So the Bengals are there. It's going to be a struggle still, but offensively yeah. fantasy wise, I think there's, they're going to be fun to watch, but the defense and that offensive line is going to, going to kill them. I mean, that that's something that I've been saying with a lot of these injuries of the past year and a half, two years was, you know, once you get hurt, especially something gruesome as he had, coming back is kind of hard to do. So that's why I'm so down on Prescott. It's because his injury was gruesome. It's going to be hard to come back. You need, you need to get that hit. You need to get the, feel, the rush of, you know, fuck, this hit might be, you know, may re-break my leg or whatever. So I kind of agree with Burrow. But then again, I don't make millions of dollars to make decisions like that. So anyways, on to some... Basketball. With the story that LeBron received zero votes for best player in the ESPN's offseason survey, is this a sign that the future is now and the era of James being a so-called face of the NBA over? I mean, I would say LeBron is still the face of basketball until he retires. I mean, Jordan was, yeah, I mean, I think at that point, maybe Kobe kind of took over, but we don't really have that type of guy, even though we have Curry and Giannis. LeBron is is still that guy, and he's and he's playing at a, a really relatively high level. Maybe not high for LeBron standards, but I mean, they come back with AD and, and Westbrook, and they're just kind of right back in the mix. I mean, LeBron is is still going to be right there, and it's bulletin board material. I'm always you don't you don't want to get scared of. I'd be scared of a motivated LeBron especially after the down season they had this past year. So, I mean, when you kind of look at the landscape of things, I, I haven't seen the actual vote of how it broke down, but I, I still would say LeBron deserves a couple of votes, but in, in a bubble, everyone's kind of voting who they think is the best. And maybe everyone thinks it's Giannis or everyone thinks it's KD. And I, and I can see that, but LeBron, as the people say about Joey Votto, LeBron still bangs. I mean, as much as people don't like him, you got to respect him. I mean, I, I think we've talked about it a long time ago was, you know, you don't have to like episode them. 87. Listen to back in the archives. Okay, sure. It was, you know, you don't have to like him, but you're going to respect him. Everything he's done for the league and, you know, every, just all the accomplishments he's had. You, you, you don't have to like him, but you're going to respect him. And I think that kind of holds true to today. You know, like you said, Maybe he isn't, uh, you know, maybe he's fallen off a little bit just because he's getting, you know, he's been playing his ass off for however many years, but you still got to give respect. You still got to give him a few votes. So I'm not, you know, I, I, I don't think it's zero, but that is it for sports. Unless there's anything you want to add. No. Okay. So we'll go to some wrestling questions real quick. Uh, Brandon is Adam Cole on his way out after Sunday. As Kodak Black would say, I hope so. Don't know who that is, but okay. You don't know who Kodak Black is? You should. I mean, I, I know you're all, you're like always five years behind the music yeah. trends because you just 
figured out who Doja Cat was a couple, you know, months ago. But eventually, oh. maybe you'll find out who uh, Kodak Black is. Oh, that's because of the the fucking Moo song, right? Yes. Okay. She's, like, like, she's all over. I mean, she's not all all over my TikTok, but I mean, I guess now she is because now she has like a TikTok song. So good to know. Anyways, it, um, it, can I read the next question, Jack? Well, you didn't. Yeah. You didn't answer his question. Unless he I specifically hope. addressed it to me. I mean, he never does. He doesn't like you. I'm his favorite. <laughs> I know. I mean, there's a quite at the end of it. He says, Dominic, I want you to know you're my favorite co-host in the world. So, I mean, you're supposed to read that in private. Oh, I didn't know that was a private message, you know, but anyways, he, uh, you know, I, I, I hope it's kind of a swerve and they're signing him to a big deal to be on the main roster, be a big star. Hope so. Will it happen? Probably not because big man probably doesn't like him, even though Triple H is probably his ear saying, don't lose him, don't lose him, don't lose him, and he's gone. With that being said, if this was the end to the MJF Jericho food, did it go out with a whimper? Was it the right way to end it? Or is there one last chapter we have yet to see? I don't know if I'd say like a whimper. But it did kind of like get sprung upon us. I maybe just assumed it was going to be at all out. It didn't. We're two weeks away. We have an MJF and Jericho, two of the biggest names they have. I would assume they're going to be on that show, whether they do it in a tag team match or they have another, they run it back. But it did kind of feel like the end. Now you could squeak out one more match, but yeah, I mean, but it, it's also kind of like, MJF is the guy in terms of on the heel side. He beats Jericho definitively. And I think that's kind of how maybe you should feel about heels definitively beating, you know, some top guys. You, it should kind of feel kind of shitty and, you know, you don't like yeah. it that much. Well, Even, the thing, I mean, the, the match I, did, I think the match did pick up a little bit at the tail end. It, it did. The thing I have is, you know, just for the, you know, maybe the people that we've mentioned, you know, that are just turning back into wrestling. Um, what was the stipulation for Jericho losing? Is it that he can't compete for the world title, or it was what was this, wasn't there a stipulation if he there lost? Was no, there was no stipulation like that. It was just he couldn't use the Judas effect, and there was no Judas music. I, oh, I thought there was like a thing where like if you lose, you can't do this ever again, or something like that. I know that what he did with Cody, right? I thought there was another thing like that. No, I thought I thought okay, maybe I'm wrong, but um, I'm like you're never wrong. I'm, I'm, no, I'm always wrong. Remember. You, you know, oh, okay, correct. According to someone, according to the person who's always right. So yeah. I guess she's, I mean, I guess you're wrong all the time. She's always right. You're sometimes right. I'm always wrong. So it's good. It's good. That's clear. Tyler's right 75% of the time. Brian's right 98% of the time. Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. That that math adds up. Yeah. Um, but if you take my 50% chance and your 0% chance. Okay, Scott Steiner, to- calm the fuck down. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to go with that. It did end in a whimper, kind of. Um, I kind of wish they kind of played out the juice effect a little bit different than how it did with him. Oh, I'm going to hit it. Oh, I didn't. Then MJF hit it. I kind of found that to be a little, you know, like, you know, maybe you could have done it to where like Jericho hit it without the ref seeing it. And then MJ kind of could have kicked out or something, you know, but I, I thought it was kind of a whimper, but like you said, maybe they can pull out one match, one more match and, you can have Jericho go over, or you can even have MGF win. I don't really care, but I think they need one more match because I think, to me, it was a whimper. I think uh, CM Punk, MJF needs to win because he's kind of kept the mystique of being undefeated except for like that one tag match he lost 
however many months ago. So MJF needs to win. Now I don't know where he goes from here because you have Kenny, the heel champion, CM Punk's floating out there, but I don't think CM Punk's the guy to really defeat him. I mean, there, there's there's so many different options, and that's just what kind of excites It's going to be Brian Danielson who makes his debut, and he's going to make him tap out. I mean, that would be that would get over, and it would. I'm always would. over. You were, you were Last, so over, but not least of the first email. Well, Goldberg says he wants to face Cena next. Anyone have interest in seeing that? Um, not really. Nope, especially because it's been just the same rinse repeat stuff with Goldberg, where he just says, "You're next. I'm next." Ah, here's my yeah. kid. He's like jacked and hot now. So here you go. Fucking taking a bunch of growth, dog. He's fucking just hitting the gym hard. So that's the end of the first email, and then Mister X, you know, nicely popped in real quick at you know, right before we started the podcast, and said, "Hey," because he knows. He definitely doesn't have like, you know, a GPS tracker or, you know, things mounted to where he knows exactly what everything happens with us. Exactly. So he just popped in and said, hey, just wanted to see if seen, just wanted to say seeing Punk return. I don't think I felt like that watching wrestling since probably back in the 90s during the Attitude Era and the NWO and WCW. Where does it rank in the all time greatest pro wrestling moments? That is actually a fucking great question. I mean, he's had a, I mean, every question he sent is great. But this is a fucking great question, right? One might say Hall of Fame worthy. I first definitely valid. first valid hundred percent votes. Great question. Where does this rank? It's the, the Mariana Rivera of Mister X questions. Yes. So Brandon, I'll let you go first. Where does this rank for you? If it does rank. So ranking for me personally, moments. I, it's got to be right up there at the top. I mean. I haven't like experienced and, and it, it's different because like I could say, Oh, double or nothing when John Moxley came out and, you know, shit like that was fun. But when it's like on television, I still feel have, I still have that same emotion and that same, you know, goosebump feeling that just kind of takes it over the top. And it, it's kind of hard in the moment to say exactly what this means and what the moment was, because, you know, we, we don't know what's happening. CM Punk says he's going to be there forever. He's going to, who knows what the title turn of AW is going to draw, you know, 2 million people every single night and WWE's in the dirt, brother. But I, I always am kind of hesitant to overreact, but that, that might be number one. So, I mean, I'm not going to knock it. I'm not going to knock you saying it's probably number one, could be number one. Um, you know, I, I do agree. It's definitely up there. I don't know where I would put him. Because there's been so many big moments in since he's he's not just saying, you know, the past 10 years, he's saying pro wrestling. So there's been a lot of fucking moments to really nitpick. Well, I was just going um, after me personally. Yeah, I, I, if we're going me personally, fuck. Um, I mean, it's definitely up there. I mean, I, I could put, I would probably put him, you know, if we're going personally, I mean, Jeff Hardy winning the WWE title at Armageddon, you know, was, you know, my top moment because he's my favorite wrestler and everything like that. I'm sure, you know, there's a bunch of other ones, but. And then I would go on. SummerSlam 13 with Dana Bryan before <clears throat> the pedigree heard around the world. Exactly. Oh, I, remember, I remember watching that with you. It's not like, over. It's not over. Because, you know, there's no confetti. Oh, shit. It's Randy. You know, I, I remember that. Oh, that, was so, that was so fucking funny. Um, but, um. Never happened. I don't know what you're talking about. Randy Orton never came out. 
<laughs> but um, I know I, I was it's definitely up there. I mean, just the crowd reaction. I mean, it kind of helps them that they're in Chicago, but I feel like even if they were in fucking bumfuck Egypt, it would he would still be getting fucking a crowd reaction like that. So um, it's definitely up there. I couldn't tell you exactly where, but for sure, I'm for sure top five. Top five, top five, top five. So that is it. Let's just check the email one more time because you never know. Someone could have went in late. Let's see. Nope, no one else loves us. Um, But if you want to be like Mr. X and send in two emails. And a DM. You know what? You don't don't even need to do all that. Just send in one or just a DM or just a comment or a retweet or something like that. You know, go ahead. CurveballNCS at gmail.com. Twitter, CurveballsNCS. My uh, MySpace. Should we get back on MySpace? Fuck it. Maybe MySpace. Never, but... never was on MySpace. I wasn't cool enough back in middle school. Yeah, definitely it. Um, oh look, perfect timing because mom just texted me, told me to move the car. So yeah, move your fat ass, Dominic. And when you move your fat ass and come back, we're gonna come back and do some recapping of Dynamite, SummerSlam, and NXT. So stay tuned, everybody. Perfect. We'll be right back after this. We're back, everybody. Yes, uh, Dominic is with the car. He's helped mommy put in the groceries and he may or not have taken a quick shit. And we're going to talk about AEW Dynamite first. Whoop, then whoop, we'll whoop. talk about the WWE shows coming up this weekend. Uh, they kicked it off with John Moxley and Eddie Kingston for some reason coming out to do something. I don't know what they're going to do, but uh, 2.0 and Daniel Garcia attack them. Sting and Darby, or I guess 2.0, then cut the promo challenging sting and darby to their match sting and darby come out they have a walk and brawl you know sting special he gets sting gets put through a table no sells it puts them in a double scorpion death drop double scorpion death lock boom sting and darby get the win thoughts dominic i it's hard for me to to knock anything sting related but i kind of didn't like it I feel like, you know, yeah, I know Sting's supposedly this badass motherfucker, but come on, you need to sell a little bit of that table. You know what I mean? Like, it's just you're, you're killing the business, bro. I mean, it's only 2.0. Who really cares? As much as I love them, they're, it's 2.0. I know, but still, it's kind of like, it, it's still a table. It doesn't matter if fucking, you know, I put them through the table. It's still a fucking table you're going through, and you're going to fucking just get right up and be like, yeah, I'm a badass. It's like, dude, come on. You're, you're, once again, Sting's over no matter what he does. It's like, yes, come on, put these other guys over. Come on, dude. But anyway, other than that, it was fine. You know, just the normal kind of, you know, brawl. And I liked it. Yeah. We get Sammy Guevara proposing to his girlfriend now a fiance. So congratulations. And then been, he has been a, there, been there, done that. When's the uh, when's the wedding? Can we get a breaking news scoop on episode 200? Oh, uh, well, I don't yeah. know. You know, I have to wait till. 1000. Yeah, I mean, if we No, I'm not going to say that cuz I know somebody named Tyler's probably fucking going to listen to it. He's going to be like, "Oh, buddy, you know, number 1000." Oh my god. So, you know, I'm going to say soon, very soon. Hey Siri, how long is 800 weeks from now? Okay. I find this on the web for Hey Siri, how long is 800 weeks from now? Check it out. Wow, Siri. You can't just do the quick math in your head. <laughs> I don't know, but something came up and said like 2036. So that sounds well, about right. Well, I would say there's what, 52 weeks in a year, right? Where's 56? I don't know, whatever. So one year. Now we got to do math. So 800 
divided by 52 is 15.38 years. So, yep, yep, 2036. There you go. She did it for you. I mean, an article that you brought up did it for me. Oh, okay. Moving on. Uh, moving on, yeah. So, uh, not Sting. Sting didn't propose, but uh, Darby didn't propose. We've been through Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara segment. proposed, then he had a match with Sean Spears, and Sean Spears was fucking kicked out of everything for God knows what reason. And then, he's Superman because he is Superman. Uh, Dan Lambert, he comes back. back. And Jesus, he comes back and he has a junior Dos Santos and Andre Olofsky. Uh, he just is healing up on the fans again. Um, Lance Archer comes out and he gets beat down by the two MA bros. And I, they're, they're still continuing with it. I love Dan Lambert's shtick. I think he, he's he's great and he's getting he's getting over with the crowd. I, I don't know what this means. Like, what's the payoff for this? I don't think we're going to see Dan Lambert in a ring. Does this mean we get some American top team guy or gal come in and wrestle against Lance Archer? Are we going to see JDS versus Lance Archer, Dominic? No, you'll never see that. And I doubt you'll have them actually in a wrestling match. You might have like a exhibition match, but, you know, nothing, you know, legit, probably. Then we get the Young Books taking on Jurassic Express in a tag title match. And what you'd expect from this, just crazy spot, spot, spot. Uh, Marco Stunt gets hit with a chair by Kenny. Christian tries to make the save. He gets he gets beat down. Young Bucks end up getting the win. And we get a big old beat down angle with uh, Jurassic Express and Christian Elite stand tall. Uh, thoughts on the match and the angle afterwards? I thought it was fine. I mean, I expected the Bucks to win just because I feel like, you know, as much as, I mean, I know you're supposed to hate them because they're heels, but as much as I despise them, they are doing what they're supposed to do and they're doing it very good. Um, Christian coming in and keeping that, that same angle of he sides with Jurassic express. I like it. Um, I can't wait till Christian turns on him though. I already have that feeling that he's going to, you know, something's going to happen and he's going to turn heel and, you know, it's going to be like jungle boy, wins the impact title or you know something like that's going to happen or it's going to be a tournament and christian cage is going to lose to jungle boy and he's going to turn on him and that's what i'm waiting for because a heel christian cage i like better than a face christian cage i do like that he retired the tna title i think especially when they don't talk about tna on aw like it makes it so confusing on why they have two titles and i like that he retired that one i was hoping i was wishing that maybe this was going to be them riding out Christian for all out, but they're, I mean, he was back on rampage kind of promo. So they're back. He's, they're definitely going with it. I think they're definitely leaning in towards CM Punk holding that show and drawing a lot of eyes to it. But then also like the Kenny rain, like, yeah, there's been good matches. And I think he's, he, I mean, he did great work with, with hangman page for those couple of weeks. And now it's basically been the highlight, but he just has had like a weak run of opponents thus far. And it does kind of suck because I, AEW is great to kind of holding off the big matches, but then I think they're also maybe going a little too far on that end with the Kenny title reign because they haven't really been doing too much. I mean, they had the, the weak triple threat match at double and nothing. And now they're going with Christian cage. And I've been vocal that I don't think that's a, a viable title, ch- you know, title match at your second biggest show of the year. I don't care if you have CM Punk on the undercard, and I know uh, Hangman Page is having a kid, but I think you could still do better than Christian Cage. I mean, maybe somebody attacks Christian Cage and somebody takes his spot, and maybe that somebody is a 
Brian Danielson. You never know. Yeah, but we're two weeks away, and I think if they were to do that, they would have done it by now. And I was hoping it was it was this week, but then he just pops right back up on Friday. So uh, they announced that they're having a tag team tournament, and the winner will face the Young Bucks inside a steel cage on Rampage on the CM Punk show. The uh, Jurassic Express perfectly fine after the big beatdown angle two days ago. They uh, beat Private Party. Makes sense. So Jurassic Express will take on either Triangula de la Muerte or the uh, Varsity Blondes, I would assume. Var- uh, not Varsity Blondes. Or, well, they might win. Who knows? But they the won't. Death, Death Triangle will probably advance. So yeah. who do you think is going to be the winner after those two? I mean, personally, I want Death Triangle to... to- to face the unbuck just because I feel like, you know, for the, for honestly, they're probably the, the only legitimate contenders. Cause I'm not saying Jurassic express sucks. I'm just saying it's just, you know, I think death triangle is a lot better, but let's face it. It's going to be Jurassic express and they're probably going to win. There you go. A little spoiler for you in two weeks. We'll do the preview. Uh, maybe the low light. Well, I I don't know. Uh, We get Paul White. He comes out and he talks with Tony Schiavone. He cuts a promo. QT interrupts and they go back and forth. QT talks about his uh, Paul White's hip surgery, yada, yada, yada. I mean, I like Big Show. I like Paul White. I think the crowd likes him too. But, you know, putting devoting this much time to a QT Marshall segment with Paul White, I just... I'm just, I, I didn't like this. And I, and I think I'm not saying like they wasted a, a mm-hmm. CM Punk moment with Paul White coming out to make the save, but it's, it's QT Marshall. What are we doing here? Well, it's that, I mean, let's face it too. Big show's not very, uh, I don't like him on the mic and he, that was too much for me. Yeah. He's better like in kind of smaller doses. He's, he's a likable guy. He, he does decent enough work, but going out there kind of cutting a WWE 10 minute promo is definitely not his strong suit. And yeah, I mean, you have CM Punk back, you have the title match. I, I just don't know what the real value is of putting the big show on all out when you can, like, this is a TV match. Just have him yes. return, you know, return into dynamite, make it kind of like the anchor between the first and second hour. Yes. Have him destroy QT and move on with your lives. A hundred percent agree with you. Moving on, we have another one of those John Moxley promos. I see he came back because he was supposed to apparently do something at the beginning of the show, and he never did. But uh, he did one of those promos where he just is shooting on everyone. Uh, you know, we're two weeks away from All Out. John Moxley doesn't have an opponent. And as he kind of said in the promo, he was carrying the company through, during the pandemic. And now, you know, everyone and their mom is joining AEW, and he's just kind of in the background. He did the same promo, kind of talk about New Japan. We thought. Maybe we're going to get Tanahashi versus Moxley for the uh, U.S. title. I mean, we got two weeks away. You still could do something, but uh, thoughts on the promo and what is Moxley doing it all out if he is doing something all out? I mean, I'm trying to think if there's somebody that's just like, if they were to, you know, if it was to be a mystery opponent and somebody came out, who would I be like, fuck, yeah, which I don't know. I'm trying to think. I mean, one name that comes to mind, Brian Danielson, no, I'm joking. Um, somebody else that comes to mind, probably, if, I, if I'm being honest, um, I mean, he's kind of affiliated with TNA right now. I mean, Impact right now. But, I mean, Jay White, I mean, just because 
AEW and Impact have that relationship, I, I think it would be a, a pretty ca- good caliber match. Um, they're both very, you know, very good on the mic, very good in the ring. So maybe JYP doesn't have an opponent, but I highly doubt it. It's probably going to be somebody from New Japan. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, as much as I would like to see that match right now, the Tanahashi one makes a little bit more sense. He called him out. We saw Tanahashi on AEW a couple weeks ago. But, I mean, we still got two weeks to build. Maybe they, they do something or other, but I, I would assume John Mox is going to be on the match. I, and I don't think having Moxley and Kingston versus 2.0 in like a five-minute squash match is going to be much you know valuable and on All Out. Uh, then we get the MJF Jericho match. We've already kind of talked about it a little bit, but uh, Jericho comes out. He does the uh, boy. He doesn't do it. The crowd sings Judas for him because he wasn't allowed to have the music. Uh, MJF and Jericho they they go back and forth. You know MJF really working on that uh, busted up elbow of Jericho. And as I said, you know I think it turned up in the second half. The crowd was definitely behind Jericho. They were hot pretty much throughout the entirety of the show except for the Thunder Rosa match. But MJF gets the win, taps out Jericho after Jim Ross says he hasn't seen Jericho tap out ever. Big, big win for MJF, and I think people are, I mean, yeah, the match exactly wasn't that great, but I think people are kind of getting bogged down to where the match quality wasn't the best, but also, I mean, this was a, you know, crowning achievement for MJF, and he's one of the top guys in the company, and I don't know if that was a foregone conclusion, and he he's working. Maybe he's not the best wrestler, but he's definitely the best heel, and I think in an era where everyone just loves everyone, yeah, I, th- I think that's just very valuable for AEW. It, it is. I mean, like you said, an era that everybody, you know, likes you, likes this, likes that, like this. I think he's probably the one person that nobody likes and you need that. So where does he go from here? Like we were talking about earlier, maybe, maybe one more match, really the, the icing on the cake, but you know, also having heel champions doesn't help. So it's gonna. It's literally gonna be a wait and see what happens next for him. Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking maybe Moxley, them going back and forth on the mic, could be fun. I don't know. Maybe maybe Pac if they kind of keep Pac still a baby face, but I think they're gonna play more out with the Andrade storyline. So, yeah, it, it's intriguing because there's no real clear cut answer, but we know there's still good options out there. We just don't know exactly who they are. Uh, well, CM Punk is supposed to be on uh, Dynamite next week. They have the match with Darby set up already. You expecting anything from what he's going to say or what they're going to do? Eh, I mean, well, I think the question is, do we see Punk? I'm not going to say wrestle because I know I think he's saving that for All Out, but do you see him throwing hands or taking a bump before All Out? I think you have to save it. You have to, especially if you're trying to pop a really big buy rate. No, don't touch. No touchy. Maybe you can get a face off, maybe a little pushing, shoving match, but no, don't throw any hands until it's all out. So, you know, I think it's just going to be maybe Darby comes out and cuts a promo. And then the next week you have both of them, you know, one can come, maybe Punk comes out and cuts another promo. Then Darby comes out, you know, rides a skateboard down the ramp and he just walks up to Punk, you know, and you know, they do a little cliche, maybe like face off, maybe a handshake or fist bump or something. You never know. I think that's about it. Yeah, hey, I don't think they're going to be like hating each other and doing all these different types of things. It's two guys just kind of facing off and it's a big time match and they're going to play it up as such. Now let's move on over to WWE. I know we, uh, we have to uh, SummerSlam is today. 
It's on a it's on a Saturday in Vegas. There are possibilities that possibly, you know, that maybe Dominic and I were going to be there, but we're not. And I think we made the right decision. Uh, SummerSlam, big, big show in Vegas, uh, Allegiant Alliance Stadium, home of the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, kicking it off with a banger. Alexa Bliss taking on Eva Marie. Uh, Lily will be involved some which way. I'm a little scared how, but uh, I'm going to go with Alexa Bliss on this one. Hopefully it's oh, under three minutes. Hopefully it's shorter than the Goldberg-Lashley match. I bet you it's not. I bet you there's so much kooky shit that it's going to be fucking pulling the rest of your hair and my hair out. Whoa, I, that was an unnecessary shot, Dominic. Unnecessary. I mean, now, you know, now you know how it feels. It's because, you know, it's because I have my, I have a shaved head, not because I'm losing it. Okay. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, exactly. I, That's what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. I'm if you know, you my, know, I'm taking my biotin. Damn it. Okay. Then the United States championship match, Seamus defending against Damien priest. I think this is Damien Priest's time to get the title. I don't know where they go after this, but it's uh, kind of time to shit or get off the pot with Damien priest right now. Cause he's so like you're in saying- his late 30s. Seamus's time is up and it's Damien Priest's time is now? Maybe. Uh, any thoughts on, on this? I mean, maybe this could surprise some people and have a, a be, be decent match, maybe kind of hard-hitting. I mean, Priest is a big dude. He can jump off the rope a little bit, so... If big, they beefy are gonna... men bumping meat? <laughs> yes. So... I think if they're gonna if they're gonna have Seamus drop the title, Priest would be a good one, and you can you know give Seamus some time to heal. And I would probably have him move up to the t- world title, but that's go that that's going without saying. You know what happens in the main event. Then we get the uh, Raw Tag Team Champions, AJ Styles and Omos defending against RK Bro, Randy Orton and Matt Riddle. They. Uh, they come together, RK bro. That is at the end of Raw. Do you see this being the end of the road for AJ and Omos? Do they put the titles on uh, Orton and Riddle just because they kind of like the pair and they can run with it? That's probably what's going to happen, and it gives Riddle, you know, a mentor, so to speak. But at what point? I mean, I- I'm gonna, I'm going to just say it. Omos without AJ is going to fucking fade away. I don't, he has n- not. He has no wrestling ability. I'm not saying he needs to be fucking throw, jumping off the top rope and doing fucking 450 splashes, but, you know, I don't need somebody who's just in the move, uh, irresistible force, ir, you know, unmovable, whatever you want to call it. I need him. He needs to be able to wrestle and he can't. So if they lose the titles, there's only so much more AJ can do with him until AJ needs to go after the world title again. So unless he's going to be his bodyguard the whole time, you know, I, I just don't. I, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to say. The parent of AJ and Omos, I think, has worked a lot better than what I thought it would. But I agree with you. I mean, AJ is in his like early 40s, maybe he's the same age as Punk. I don't exactly know. But yeah, he's he only has so many more years of like, you know, really good AJ styles left in him. And I don't think wasting away with Omos is the ex- the best way to do it, especially when you have Lashley presumably being the champion and he's kind of running out of uh, opponents. Yeah, AJ might be a heel now, but he can you can turn him. Maybe Omos turns on him or something like that. I don't know, but uh, we shall wait and see as the old cliche goes. Then moving over to the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, the Usos will defend against the Mysterios again. Again. Uh, Usos champions, uh, Ray and Dominic, 
you know, kind of teasing, not exactly dissension, but you know, a little father son uh, disagreements. Not saying they're going to be a breakup here, but I wouldn't be shocked if there is one. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, they come together and, you know, you have the bloodline. I'm not, I'm, you know, wouldn't be shocked if, you know, the Mysterios, you know, you know, call in some family. You never know. You never know. You know, Dominic's are hard headed sometimes. So, yes, they are. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with the Usos. I guess you're yeah, going with the Usos yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, then we get Edge and Seth Rollins grudge match. We saw the brood. We heard the music. We get a black tar jump uh, dumped onto Seth Rollins. He was just all in Whoa, white. Oh, triggered. Sorry. What am I triggering? I mean, dumping tar on him. I'm oh, sorry. I didn't know you got tarred and feathered, Dominic. I mean, just, it's just not, it's not, you know, she can't dump blood on him. You can't just dump fake blood on him. You have to put black tar on him. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe it was on sale because no one uses tar anymore. True. True. Maybe. Okay. Not triggered. Uh, so yeah, Edge and Seth Rollins. I'm I'm kind of excited to see what these uh, two guys can do. I think you go back and forth on exactly who wins, but I'm gonna go with Edge more just on the fact that he not exactly needs it, but he hasn't really gotten like a big win maybe like ever because you know he I mean he did get the win at WrestleMania last year, but then he lost to Orton, and then he's he lost to WrestleMania and yada yada yada. So then thoughts on uh, this match? What are you expecting? What do you think the uh, finish will be? I'm going to give it to Rollins. I think it's going to be a very good match. I think Edge and Seth pair up very well. Um, you know, Edge is a little bit older. He's not the young guy that, you know, was, you know, spearing Jeff Hardy off the top of a ladder. But um, I think Edge and him can put on a good story and really, you know, they. I, I think they can slow it down to the point where you can see how methodical Edge and Seth can be, but they can also speed it up to where, you know, it's fast-paced, hard-hitting. So, I think it's going to be a great match, and I think I'm going to give it to Seth. Moving on, then we get to Drew McIntyre taking on Jinder Mahal. This has been a feud over a sword. Who which is, gives a fuck? Which is like apparent. It's a it's a fake sword, but then McIntyre is treating like it's a real sword. I don't know. It's very confusing. But uh, Mahal's goons will not be at ringside, so uh, McIntyre will have Jinder all to himself, and he can decapitate him with his sword, I guess. But uh, McIntyre wins. Hopefully, it doesn't last too too long, and Kind of hoping McIntyre, once the draft goes through its thing, he goes over to SmackDown. I hope so, too. And like I said, who the fuck cares? Then we uh, got our title matches, Dominic, out of the four men's and women's titles. What is going on last? I know this is probably the easiest one I've asked you thus far. Roman and Cena. So on that note, we will go with the Raw Women's Championship. We get Nikki A.S.H. defending against Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. Uh, you know, great way to build up a feud of a match on pay-per-view is to have all the wrestlers wrestle each other every single week for the past two months. You can go really either way. You know, Charlotte had the title, then Nikki cashes in. Rhea lost it to Charlotte and yada, yada, yada. So we're just playing hot potato. Nikki's not exactly over with the crowd, but they still kind of like her. It's just kind of an awkward situation. The match would be good. I mean, I think if, if, she never was Nikki A.S.H. And I think she stayed Nikki Cross. I think the fans would be behind her 100%. I think it's because they had WWE changed her gimmick and made her all this, you know, positive shit. If they would have kept her crazy, kooky Nikki Cross, I think they would have loved it. They would have been amazing. But because of this gimmick she's on, I think it's, 
yeah, it's still Nikki Cross, but it's not psychotic, lunatic, fucking crazy girl. And even when they had the pairing with her and uh, Alexa, like she, you know, the edges were definitely dulled, but she was still, you know, a little crazy. She was, but she, she was, was still taking her little like shirt off and fucking smacking it and going crazy. And that's what people want. They want that crazy girl. And they lost Dominic, it. Dominic digs crazy chicks. Maybe. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's just it's that edge is gone. It's just I'm a superhero. It's like, come on. It's it, this is fucking stupid, but it's still, you know, she still deserved it. She, you know, she's still a great wrestler and everything, but it's just, it's, we want Nikki cross. We don't want Nikki almost a superhero. So speaking of all that, Dominic, who walks away champion? Part of me wants to say Nikki retains, but the other part of me is saying Charlotte's going to win to be the gazillion time women's champion. So, which means Ray Ripley's winning. I'm going to go with Nikki retains. I think I think she sneaks it out. Yeah, I'm going to go with Nikki as well. Then the other women's title match, we get Bianca Belair taking on Sasha Banks. We didn't we didn't know if this match was actually going to take place because they were taking off uh, some live events the last week and due to unforeseen circumstances. I don't know exactly what that means, whether it's COVID or related or whatnot, but uh, it's happening. Bianca taking on Sasha. I think this match could go either way. You could kind of cement Belair as the woman, as the man until the man comes back. Uh, but, you know, Sasha, big star. Maybe they're not exactly feeling Belair too, too much. What do you see in this one? I, I think they're going to go to Sasha, and I think it it has to be what you said. They're not feeling Bianca too much. Her moment was WrestleMania, and after that, it, it's just not the same. Um, not to say that Bianca isn't good or well-deserving. I think it's just she had her moment, and it, people are over it. I'm going to go with, I think, yeah, I'm going to go with Sasha mainly just to kind of pull it out and kind of prolong the storyline, especially because we don't have, I don't have any major challenge uh, title changes out of the top four matches. So I guess if I got to pick one, I'll give it to Sasha. Then we get the WWE championship between Bobby Lashley and Goldberg. Same shit with Goldberg, just kind of coming out and being Goldberg, I guess it'd be interesting. I would assume. I mean, the crowd will probably cheer Goldberg and be like kind of nice to them, but they're also going to like Lashley as well. Hopefully they, uh, you know, don't overstay their welcome as much as I I love that Goldberg match. However long ago it was with Lesnar at uh, WrestleMania. It's just kind of played out at this point and I'm kind of over it. So are you going with Bobby then? Are you going with Goldberg? Of course, Mr. Bobby. See, it's they're, they're They're so similar almost it's almost you know they're almost twins i'm honestly gonna go with goldberg i think they give it to him because you know they probably don't want to they're gonna say that you know no one could beat bobby but goldberg so goldberg beats bobby and then someone's gonna beat goldberg and then they're gonna have goldberg on that person you know what i mean so it or whatever so omos beats goldberg there we go so i think territory i i think uh I think it's going to be Goldberg, which is going to be terrible. Then in the main event, Roman Reigns defends his universal championship against old Jonathan Cena. And I think it's very similar to the match they had at no mercy. I believe in 17, 18 to where, you know, big time match, two big names. 
they're kind of like reliant on the names themselves instead of like, I think, telling a cohesive, very interesting in-depth storyline. Now, I haven't seen SmackDown yet, but from I mean, I know CM Punk has dominated Friday, so nobody was really talking about SmackDown. But I mean, the build has kind of disappointed me a little bit after Roman did the missionary line. I was hoping maybe Cena does something, switches something up or another, but we just kind of got the same old Cena. They're going to rest back on their laurels of two big guys going bad and big beefy men bumping meat. But the match should be really good. The crowd should be just super hot. It's a SummerSlam crowd. I don't know what that means anymore, but maybe they cheer Roman more than Cena. But even if they don't and it's more Cena than Roman, it, I, this match is going to be fun. It's going to deliver, even if I don't like the build. Okay. Since delivering, but you didn't give me your prediction. Who walks out as Le Champion? Now, Cena is sticking around a little bit longer than I think what people thought would happen, but Roman is still going to win. Keep it on Roman. I know we're kind of putting the cart before the horse, but you got to keep it on him, build him strong. I I know you could always get the title back on him if you're going to do that Rock match or even Drew McIntyre match at WrestleMania, Mm -hmm. but keep the title on him. So hear me out. So Roman is a big, badass motherfucker. Not going to take that away from him. John Cena, you know, it's John Cena. Face the company still, in my opinion. If you have John Cena beat Roman Reigns, you know, you can come out here and, and say that, you know, you, 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 can, you can still be pissed off. You can do all these things, but you can be like, you know, it took somebody like John Cena to come beat me. None of you other motherfuckers can beat me. And then you can have Cena defend the title, whatever, and drop it to somebody like a Finn Balor or, you know, give somebody a, you know, you know, you, you, you can give back to the business and drop it to Finn, drop it to Cesaro, drop, drop it to somebody who is well-deserving of it. And then you can have that guy go on a tear for a little bit and then have Roman step up and be like, yeah, yeah, you know, have a feud with him. Roman wins it back. And then you can redom reestablish Roman and being head of the table. You can have him face the rock face drew whatever you want to do i see where you're coming from but i still just keep building that mountain that is you just don't want him to beat rick flair admit it oh yeah that's definitely what i want shout out shout out rick flair i mean that have you seen the picture allegedly oh oh him eating the girl out i was like talking about him going to mexico but yeah i saw both Mm -hmm. both both and that will do it for us right I know, Dominic, because we have NXT TakeOver 36 on Sunday. The show that I think, uh, at least I am kind of looking more forward to, even though it's going to be, I think, a bittersweet show, kind of end of an era. And the uh, Full Cell era is completely done, Dominic. We're going to get into a little bit of news before we talk about the show. Uh, NXT going completely back, or I guess, you know, not going back to Full Cell. They're going to stay in the Performance Center. They're going to get a kind of new revamped look after the angle with uh, Joe and Cross kind of destroying the setup. And they're also going back to a fully taped show, kind of taping in bulk. So kind of going back in time. That's on uh, kind of now we're definitely like in a new era of NXT. I mean, I kind of. I like the fact they're going to a taped show just because you can maybe fine tune and, and really make it a not going to say watchable because It is watchable, but you, you can, you can make it into something that people want to tune into. Um, but with that being said, when you tape 
two, three episodes at a time, you know, the fans might not like it so much. But that being said, it's NXT. It's not Raw. It's not SmackDown. Please don't fuck this up. USA is not exactly happy that they're uh, that they're doing all this because they kind of, you know, you sign on for a live two hour show and then you're just going to get a tape show, which, you know, it's. It is what it is. So let's get on into NXT TakeOver 36. We have LA Knight taking on Cameron Grimes for the Million Dollar Championship. And if Cameron Grimes loses, the uh, Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase has to now be LA Knight's butler. So yeah, DiBiase comes back, definitely you know aligned with Cameron Grimes. Uh, I, I mean, I, jo- I really enjoyed their ladder match they had for the title. I think this match could be a really fun opener if this is kind of where they slot it at. And I think it's Cameron Grimes' time to uh, get the win and kind of put an end to the storyline. I mean, Cameron Grimes can definitely be, I'm not going to say, a, uh, you know, a mainstay, but he can be somebody that can, you know, he could be like a Cesaro where, you know, you can go put him out there with anyone and put on a good match. So um, I definitely agree. I think this is Cameron Grimes' time to to shine and you know, unless they swerve us and Ted DiZiazzi screws them, you never know. But, yeah, I'll go with Cameron. Then maybe the best match of the weekend could be the NXT UK title as Walter takes on Ilya Dragunov. Uh, Walter has held the title in historic. I don't even know what the exact timetable is, but it's been a damn long time. And uh, they've really been putting over Dragunov on NXT proper these past couple weeks. Walter, big, big name. Who knows what the hell NXT UK has in store, if that's even going to be a thing for the next couple months to a year. But do you see this possibly being the time to get the title off of Walter? Or are they just going to have a banger and Walter gets the win regardless? I mean, my thing is, what do you do with Walter if he loses? And what do you do with Walter if he wins? So I think they're pigeon-toed no matter what. I think if you take the title off of Walter, put it on Dragunov, and then have Walter... Maybe go to main roster, main Raw SmackDown, but then it's like, you know, I, I don't think he's, I, I think he'll be over with the crowd, but then it's like, you know, where does he go from there? Yeah, Walter's kind of one of those guys that you have to treat him kind of differently. Like, yeah, he's a fantastic wrestler and his English isn't the best. He's not a comedy guy. He's just a straightforward boots and trunks wrestler and you can't. You know, he's he might not survive on main roster WWE because he he can't, you know, interact with a talking doll. So exactly. Uh, Then we get Dakota Kai taking on Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT women's title. Uh, I mean, I think they've done a a good job, even though it might have been a little bit rushed. Uh, Should be a fun match to see exactly what Kai could get out of Gonzalez. But it is kind of flip flop reverse. I think people like Dakota Kai more than Raquel Gonzalez, even though Gonzalez is going to be the oversized baby face. But uh, they're probably not going to go too, too long, I don't think. But it, it should be good, and I'm going to go with Gonzalez retaining. I'm going to go with Dakota Kai. I think she deserves it. She's been with the company for long enough and dealing with injuries and, you know, bullshit. So I'll go with Dakota Kai. She deserves it. Then, uh, Dominic, what is the main event of NXT TakeOver? This is not a foregone conclusion because they're not AEW. They, uh, is it going to be Karrion Cross against Samoa Joe for the title? Mm-hmm. Or will it be Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole two out of three falls? I would say you'd want the two out of three falls. So I'm going with Cole and O'Reilly. I agree with you on that one. So we do have Karrion Cross defending his NXT men's 
title going up against Samoa Joe. The the feud, I mean, it started off, I thought, hot. It, they had something, and then, I mean, I, I think the Karrion Cross debut on Raw just really did derail everything. And it, you can kind of, it kind of shows because they were doing like, you know, weekly stuff, like doing intriguing things. And then once Cross debuts, it just, it just kind of fell apart. And I'm hoping just Samoa Joe, not exactly squashes them because I don't think they're going to do that, but I'm not trying to sit here for a 20 minute epic. I would rather give all that time to Walter and Dakota Kai and you know those matches compared to this one. I agree. Um, I don't think Joe needs to demolish him. Like, you know, I feel like you're saying, but yeah, I, I don't need to, I don't need a drag out match with them. Um, you know, I, it, it sucks because cross, I think has the capability to be such a huge star. And I feel like them bringing him up how they did ruined everything. And I think he's going to be one of those guys that, you know, looking back five, 10 years into, you know, into the future, when we look back, we're going to be like, damn, he had the opportunity to be, you know, a fucking Roman Reigns, a, a you know, a, a Drew McIntyre, somebody who can hold the title for a long time and be a mainstay, but Vince ruins him. I don't know if I say he'd have that type of upside, but I have been a little bit more higher on Karen Cross. I think some people and yeah, the, the debut just has completely just derailed everything, even on on NXT and even kind of on the main roster itself. But we're both going with Samoa Joe to, to get the title and kind of take it in a new direction. Then in the main event, they even kind of said it's an, an end of an era. In kind of more ways than one, Kyle O'Reilly takes on Adam Cole two out of three falls. First, regular match, then a street fight, and if necessary, a steel cage. So the Cole Champa recipe. Thoughts on the match? And is this Adam Cole's last match in NXT? Thoughts on the match? Um, you know, I, I think the wrestling portion will probably go to Adam. I think uh, wrestling. Actually, you know, it, it might it might be like a DQ. I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll you know somebody will get DQ'd because they want to get to the to the street fight part. But um, you know, I I, I think it's gonna be it's it's gonna go all three. Everybody knows two out of threes normally go all three falls. Um, it's gonna come down to the steel cage, and that's where we'll have. In my opinion, somebody's gonna do some shenanigans and fuck it all up. Love to see it. We get a steel cage match, a blow off to the feud, and we're gonna get a shitty distraction DQ interruption finish. I, I, what? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope to God you can't get DQ'd in the steel cage. I mean, I'm, I mean, we saw a DQ in a Hell in a Cell match. Dominic, it could happen. That's that's true. Well, no, that was referee stoppage because you know they didn't want someone to die in the ring. But I'm just saying, you know, it's gonna be. You know, maybe it's Bobby Fish coming out to help Kyle and he costs him or it's going to be, you know, it's going to be something stupid where it's going to be like they were trying to help the person and they're going to ruin it for him. That's what's going to happen. I already know it. So you're telling me Bobby Fish getting released was just one giant. Oh, I I totally forgot. I totally (laughs) forgot he got released. Fuck. I don't know. It's going to be something. It's going to be something stupid like that, though. It's going to be somebody trying to help somebody. They're going to cost him. And that's going to be the end of the show. And it's going to fucking suck. I think you just have it straightforward. Have a match. Boom. Kyle O'Reilly wins. Cole looks at the lights and he can go to AEW and, you know, flourish like the beautiful swan he is. Maybe we do get an angle at the end. I, I don't know what that would be. I mean, who knows if they have some ace up their sleeve and they can debut someone or if they have someone return, but I don't even know. It's who. Daniel Bryan. 
I mean, it could. That would just set the internet ablaze. Unless, I mean, you could always take someone from the main roster and re-debut them. Kevin Owens, maybe Sami Zayn, maybe Kevin Owens. I don't know. But that'll be maybe. it for today. That has been episode 200. We you know, went all through all the greatest hits, the for better or for worst. Yep. Uh, thank you, everybody who's been tuning in definitely have listened to all 200 episodes, even though we don't have them in the back catalogs because we did switch over to anchor. So shout out anchor. It's a great service, way better than, than SoundCloud Dominic, but we do have all 200 in, in my little hard drive. So, you know, maybe sooner or later we could just release everything, but don't, you know, don't we have like 201? Don't we have an unreleased episode? We do have an unreleased episode and it's unreleased for a reason. So <laughs> let's just wrap it up. If you want to be like Mr. X or anybody else who sent in a question, if you want to be like Haley, when she used to do it, you know, Dominic, are we going to, well, I guess we can't say this because Tyler listens to podcast now, but are we going to, you know, confront Haley tomorrow and be like, why don't you email us and ask us questions anymore? I mean, you know, I'll let you take the lead on that one, bub. I'm okay. uh, that's if know. we even go to the game tomorrow because Dominic's in the doghouse. I know we're going. I'm not, okay. you know, I'm not missing it, but you know, I'll let you take the lead on any podcast related stuff. Okay. Any business inquiries. So yes, if you want to be like anybody, yeah, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Pornhub, only I mean, I guess we can't do OnlyFans anymore, Dominic. We gotta you know, pull out of that venture and kind of look at where the, everyone else is going because, you know, they're just, yeah, it sucks. You know, you, you exploit sex <laughs> workers. And then once you get to, to the big time, you say, you know, we don't need you guys anymore. And so fuck off. You just hate to see it. But anyways, uh, yeah, curveballs and CS on Twitter and Instagram, the main ways you can really reach us. Everything in the link tree in the description of this podcast. We're going to be back next week. No points of doings next week, Dominic. So there you go. Be Ooh. happy about that. Uh, I don't think points and doings is returning until the week before NFL. So we got a regular podcast next week and then two weeks. I'm going to be in Chicago. We're going to be previewing NFL. So it's going to be a big, big 202 episode of curveballs and church. So thank you all very much for tuning in. Goodbye and good night. Enjoy whatever the fuck you're watching. SummerSlam NXT and CM Punk is back. Thank the Lord. Evolution is a mystery.